From the concert halls to the juke joints, from churches to festivals in the fields, welcome to another episode of Bill Street Caravan, celebrating the sounds of Memphis and the Mississippi Delta for more than 20 years. Heard around the globe on NPR Worldwide, major funding for Beale Street Caravan is provided by the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau and the AutoZone Corporation. Hi, I'm your co-host, Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Kevin Cubbins. This week, we feature beloved Memphis songwriter, guitar slinger, and band leader, John Paul Keith. Also joining us will be Bill Street Caravan contributor, Jim Spake. Jim will be exploring the legendary sidemen from the early years of rock and roll that played rock's original lead instrument. The series is called Crazy About a Saxophone, and that's all coming up right now on Beale Street Caravan. Hey, Pat. Hey, Kevin. We've got our good friend John Paul Keith on the program with us. Ah, finally. I know, finally. But that's not for lack of trying. So you mentioned at the top of the show that John Paul's a songwriter, a guitarist, and a band leader. Our longtime listeners will also recognize him as a contributor to this program. That makes it extra special. Not to mention he was just on the program four weeks ago in Motel Mirrors, his collaborative Roots Music side project that features Amy LeVere and Will Sexton. He's sort of like Memphis's musical Swiss Army knife, you know? Studio vet, sideman. He's recently stepped into the producer's role in the studio. He was a music journalist in a past life, and he also works behind the scene in our local recording academy chapter. But for this week's program, we're gonna focus on John Paul Keith, the artist. Originally from Knoxville, Tennessee, John Paul comes to Memphis by way of Nashville, New York City, and a couple other stops along the way. He was in one of my favorite bands ever, the V-Roys. He was signed to a major label deal with The Nevers. John Paul played with Ryan Adams in the Pink Hearts, and he had a great little rock and roll band that I loved called Stateside. And about 12 years ago, John Paul decided to take a little breather from music, and he moved to Memphis. Which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Not at all. (laughs) It's like moving to Florida to take a break from sunshine. So his little sabbatical lasted all of a minute, and before long, John Paul was playing up and down Bill Street and in half the bands in town. And there really was a period of time where it felt like John Paul was in every band in Memphis. Big Legal Mess Records released three critically acclaimed records on him, beginning with 2009's Looking for a Thrill. Every John Paul Keith record feels like it's from a bygone era. There is so much craftsmanship and attention to detail in the writing, performance, and the overall production. And on the program this week, John Paul marks the release of his newest studio effort, It's titled Heart Shaped Shadow. It's available now on Last Chance Records. It's his best one yet. Produced by Will Sexton, recorded by Scott Bomar at Electrophonic Studios. This one here is a real gem, and it's going to be on the turntable here in our office for a long while, no doubt. Finally, here is John Paul Keith, live on Bill Street Caravan.
listening to the sounds of Memphis on Beale Street Caravan. Here's more from John Paul Keith.
is John Paul Keith, live on Bill Street Caravan. We'll be back in a few minutes with more music, but right now we're going to turn it over to Bill Street Caravan contributor Jim Spake. Jim Spake. He's a true musician's musician. You've heard him on a ton of records. You may have even caught him recently on stage with Lucero. He knows music inside and out, and today he leads us on a guided tour of the heavyweight sidemen of yesterday. Specifically the sidemen from the early years of rock and roll that played Brock's original lead instrument, the saxophone. The series is called Crazy About a Saxophone. Here's Jim. You probably know this show comes from Memphis. And since I call myself a sax player and I'm from Memphis, I'd be at great risk of being struck by lightning if I didn't mention Fred Ford. The name alone means so much to music lovers around here, but Fred was known far and wide by listeners who follow the bands of Gatemouth Brown, Johnny Otis, and Johnny Ace, and so many more. His introduction to these blues giants came through the great Memphis saxophonist band leader Bill Harvey, who furnished musicians for top R&B stars of the era. Fred Ford always managed to stay busy by hopping back and forth from the vibrant recording scenes here in Memphis and in Houston, where he was involved with Don Roby's Peacock and Duke labels. He recorded with Gatemouth Brown as early as 1950 in Houston and was soon busy on the West Coast as well. That's Fred Ford on the intro of Mel Walker's Another Sad Night with the Johnny Otis Band from 1952. Fred, at 22, must have made quite an impression because he's also featured on this one from the same session. baritone sax of Fred Ford on Mercury Records with Mel Walker and Johnny Otis Band. Fred may have met Johnny Otis on a Little Richard session they did together with Don Roby producing. He can also be heard on Big Mama Thornton's very raw Hound Dog from 1952. There's no horn section on the cut, but one of the howling hound dogs heard at the end of the song is Fred Ford. Between the bands of Johnny Otis and Bill Harvey, He'd also make records with Esther Phillips, Jerry Lee Lewis, Lightning Hopkins, B.B. King, Junior Parker, Bobby Bland. Things slowed down in the 60s, but Fred remained active, becoming known for his work now on all the saxophones, not just baritone. Back in Memphis, he recorded with soul legends Rufus Thomas and Willie Mitchell and made some pretty great singles under his own name. Here's Fred Ford on tenor with Black Eyed Rattlesnake on Duke Records from 1969. Black-eyed rattlesnake 
In the 70s, Fred produced a Grammy-nominated solo album on his longtime friend and musical cohort, Finest Newburn Jr., and a lushly orchestrated album on Sybil Shepherd. In the 1980s and 90s, he continued to expand his horizons by working with Charlie Rich, back with Calvin Newbern, Charlie Wood, B.B. King, and Alex Chilton. Fred Ford continued to gig around Memphis with Robert Honeymoon Garner's organ trio. This setting always seemed to bring out the best in Fred. He felt free to interact on stage with Honeymoon's straight man character. Here's a live recording from the 80s, Honeymoon Garner Trio featuring Fred Ford on alto. That I wouldn't do for you. Come on, Fred. Daddy Goodlow, also known as Fred Ford on alto sax, with Honeymoon Garner there. Fred would have been awfully proud of his son Jacob, by the way, who's a defensive end for the Tennessee Titans. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. This is Jim Spake for Beale Street Caravan. Crazy about a saxophone. Remind our listeners you can find Bill Street Caravan on all the social media outlets. Look us up and join in on the fun. For more information or if you want to get involved, go to our website at BillStreetCaravan.com. Shoot us an email or sign up for our monthly newsletter to find out where the caravan is going to be next. And you can also keep up with Bill Street Caravan via our podcast. It's available through iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and just about anywhere podcasts can be found. Speaking of podcasts, check out our newest production, the Blues Hall of Fame podcast, also available through iTunes, Google Play, and TuneIn. We have to take a quick break for local announcements, but stick around. There's more music to come. You're listening to The Sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan.
AutoZone is proud to support Bill Street Caravan and many other arts organizations that strengthen the greater Memphis community. Parts are just part of what we do. AutoZone.com. Bill Street Caravan is also supported by awards from the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau, Tennessee Arts Commission, Arts Memphis, and Tennessee Tourism. TennesseeVacation.com. The soundtrack of America was made in Tennessee. We're back, and for those of you just tuning in, we have Memphis Roots rocker John Paul Keith with us. John Paul is celebrating the release of his brand new studio effort titled Heart Shaped Shadow. Pat had the chance to sit down and catch up with them. Let's hear what he had to say. We're going to take a break from the music and sit down and chat with John Paul Keith. Welcome to the Bill Street Caravan Studio. Thanks for having me. Good to be back. And so Heart Shaped Shadow is out now. And the last record was Memphis Circa 3 a.m. 2013, yeah. That's a huge gap. Well, um, I went through a lot of personal stuff in that time, and uh, I was working really hard as far as gigs, but in my personal life, I was just in a very chaotic period. And I tried to write a record. I did write most of a record, but I ended up shelving it all. It was like uh, I didn't even play it for most people, and uh, I didn't know what direction I wanted to go in. I didn't know what what my songs should be about. What did I, what was I trying to say? Mm-hmm. I just didn't know. I was just very lost and confused. But uh, in the middle of all that, I met Will Sexton, who came up and uh, married my bandmate Amy Levere from Motel Mirrors, and he he ended up being in the band, and we made uh, a record together and uh, wrote it together and wrote most of it together or a lot of it together and that process of writing those songs together with Will and Amy and having Will's creative input in my songwriting process was a breakthrough for me that was the creative breakthrough I needed yeah so I asked Will to produce the record and I wrote a bunch of songs really fast I got inspired and fired up and, and that's what we did to hear you talk about the space between your last album and this one then it's like we've got John Paul Keith 2.0 <laughs> well yeah I mean I, I went through I, in, in between my last record and this one I went through very serious sort of life changes but also in, those, in the last five years, Memphis has changed. And largely, as far as musically speaking, largely for the better. But also, I've always loved Memphis, and I've sort of, my time here, I've always tried to be respectful of the fact that I'm not from Memphis, I didn't grow up here, and that I also had a career before I got here. I mean, I had experience in Nashville, I've had record deals and done the whole thing. And I didn't want to come here and be like, oh, I know everything. Because I've always been a student of Memphis music, I've always loved it and been consciously a student of it and so when I got here I got to work with people like Jim Dickinson I got to work with people like Roland James I got to uh, get to know people like Boo Mitchell you know people that uh, people like Howard Grimes people that have participated in greatness Mm -hmm. like timeless greatness and so I'm very reverential of that but what I also started to see over time is that y'all this we have something special here and the world needs to know a little bit more about it, you know? And we have more historically uh, significant recording studios than probably anywhere other than maybe Nashville. And a lot of theirs are museums now, and ours are still functioning. It's still owned by the same families. And yeah. Still, and all of a sudden, lo and behold, making hit records again. Memphis music has always, except for brief periods when it's been kind of reassembling itself and getting things straightened out, has throughout its history from the beginning of recording really I mean since the end of World War II really I mean that post-war period has been contributing to the culture 
to American culture and world culture mm -hmm. with our music. And it doesn't matter whether it's Sam Phillips or whether it's Estelle Axton and the Stax people and Al Bell or if it's Willie Mitchell or if it's uh, the Raining Sound and the Oblivions, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and the 90s sort of garage rock thing or whether it's Memphis hip hop. Like these things are and gospel, and gospel, gospel, and blues. Yeah, Hello, gospel you know. Blues, I mean, yeah. it's Memphis has always been a contender. Has always been contributing to culture. Memphis doesn't follow trends; it makes new ones. Yeah, I mean that has always been the case, and they're still doing it right now. Memphis has one of the most happening rap scenes in the country. You know, mm -hmm. like Teddy Walton just produced uh, some tracks on the Kendrick Lamar Damn album and on the Black Panther soundtrack, that, that is a phenomenon. So there you have a Memphis artist who's creating music on something that is affecting lives all over the world. You worked with one of your idols. You got yes. to work with Roland James on I that did. record, and he passed away not long after. And yeah, just a few months. And how much of going in the studio doing this did you sort of reminisce and remember that time with Roland? Well, I think of Roland every time I set foot in a studio. I mean, because he was so wise and so calm and his demeanor in the studio was so much like what I wish mine was. <laughs> but, uh, and Matt Ross Spang has a very similar manner and demeanor. It's, they immediately make you feel comfortable. They make you feel loved and appreciated and relaxed and confident and like what the work you're doing is great and it's of worth. And even when they're critical, especially Roland, he could he knew how to be critical in a way that didn't sound like he was being critical. Yeah. In a way that sounded constructive and like it was guidance and it made you enthusiastic to try what he wanted you to try. I and really wish I had that. I don't have it at all. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, but uh, you know, but it, but he was all and he knew when to be funny. He knew when to drop when to drop a joke that would just it's probably a joke that he told a million times, but it would have everybody laughing and. He was just wonderful. And he also just had very practical advice about recording. And On this record, some of the things that stand out in a weird way are some of the subtleties. Well, we we only used eight tracks for the whole record. So mm. for both records, Moto Mirror's record also. So we, we recorded at Scott Bomar's studio on eight track, one inch tape. So we never used a computer at all in the making of the record. We mixed a quarter inch tape. So that really limits you, makes you focus. Yeah. So when you do decide, okay, I want to put an overdub on this, I want to put a guitar on this, it better count because you're gonna you're eating up a whole track with it. And I try not to be a, a stick in the mud or, or a, a reactionary about this stuff, but I think the recording method should fit the music. And so there's no wrong way to do it but there are ways that are appropriate for the style of music. So like the style of music that I play, which is three or four or five people with instruments, acoustic or electric instruments, playing together at the same time in real time, I think the best way to record that is analog, at least for me. Well, thank you for coming in the studio and chatting Thanks with me. Thanks for having me. Great to and be back. we're going to go back to more music from John Paul Keith. Here's more from John Paul Keith, live on Bill Street Caravan. If you catch me staring from across the room You're
That's how I got to Memphis. That's how I got to Memphis. If you love somebody enough, you'll follow wherever they go. That's how I got to Memphis. That's how I got to Memphis. You're listening to the sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. Here's more from John Paul Keith. Yeah. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. John Paul Keefe live on Bill Street Caravan, celebrating the release of his new studio effort, 
Heart Shaped Shadow, available now on Last Chance Records. Special thanks to our community partners at Rail Garden in Memphis, Tennessee for making this episode of Bill Street Caravan possible. And thanks to everyone that came out and showed their love and support. To find out more about John Paul, just head over to johnpaulkeith.net. Again, he has a handful of critically acclaimed releases in his own name, as well as two albums with Motel Mirrors, his side project with Amy LeVere and Will Sexton. And be sure to check out his tour dates. Chances are he's coming to a music venue near you soon. Special thanks to our supporters, AutoZone, the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau, Arts Memphis, Tennessee Arts Commission, Tennessee Tourism, and Bridging the Blues for their support in making Bill Street Caravan possible. We like to remind our listeners to please show your support for public broadcasting. You won't find programming like this anywhere else. You can find Bill Street Caravan on all the social media outlets. Follow us there. We've always got special features and additional content that we think you'll enjoy. Go to our website at BillStreetCaravan.com and sign up for our monthly newsletter to find out where the caravan is going to be next. And you can always keep up with Bill Street Caravan via our podcast that's available anywhere podcasts can be found. We'll be back next week, so see you then. I'm Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Kevin Cubbins. And you've been listening to the Sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. Mm -hmm.